On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla design chief Franz von Holzhausen and engineering VP Lars Moravi spend an hour sharing insights and previously unknown features of the Cybertruck with Jay Leno. Plus, one of the last major dominoes falls in the quest to standardize Tesla's NACS charge port, cyber shoes might be on the way soon, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you for episode 438 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, coming at you every single Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. It is December 24th, 23, as this episode releases. It's the 22nd as I record it, and I am flanked by two tired puppos, Zelina the Future Service Dog, whose time with us sadly now is getting quite limited. We've just got about six, seven, seven weeks left, I think, with her. And Daisy the Boxer snoozing over there on the couch as well. I want to start this week by wishing a Merry Christmas to all of those who celebrate. Uh, I don't know how many of you will actually listen to this this week. It might be one of those episodes you catch up on because you've got family around. You're doing family stuff. You're doing holiday fun times. That's all good. The podcast is always here for you. That's the beauty of podcasting versus traditional live radio. You don't you don't have to tune in at the appropriate time. You can tune in anytime you want. Also this week before I get rolling, I want to say congratulations to all of you who have been lucky enough to order your Foundation Series Cybertrucks. Deliveries are starting to happen. For now it looks like the first deliveries are going to Tesla employees which makes sense, and quite frankly, they should get priority, right? They work for the company, they've, they've contributed to making this thing happen, they're getting the first ones, but plenty of you out there, just regular old folks like me, uh, although not me in this case, but plenty of folks out there are c- ordering their trucks, configuring their foundation series, basically, which means choosing all-wheel drive or cyber beast, but those orders are happening, and pretty soon, those delivery dates are gonna start lining up, and and I'm super excited for that. I'll say if any San Francisco Bay Area listeners are getting your Cybertruck soon, I would very much love to swing by and check it out if you would like to meet up. I have yet to sit in the production version. I had the extraordinary privilege of being there in 2019 at the unveiling and getting the quick test ride in the prototype, but I have not been able to sit inside, let alone get a ride in the production truck yet. So I'd certainly love the opportunity to do that for any of you that are somewhat uh, in the same area as me that, that might be willing to share the experience a little bit. Feel free to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com as your truck's delivery date nears. Anyway, uh, I hope all of you who are kindly backing me at that $10 per month tier or higher on the Patreon Enjoy this week's Patreon lightning round mini episode. I do them every week on Patreon for that $10 tier or higher. This week's was about my five favorite Tesla features that have been added via software update. This was kind of in the spirit of the holiday update, which has so awesomely become a an annual tradition with Tesla. They always give us a nice big gift of free new features every single year. And so with that in mind, 
I recounted my five favorite features added since I got my car back in 2018. And a friendly reminder that anytime anyone joins the Patreon at that $10 per month tier or higher, you will get access to all 76 of those lightning round mini episodes. Find out more at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. All right, uh, some appetizers this week. There are good ones, tasty ones. Let's start with the return of the NACS Coalition Report. Yes, it's back after a brief hiatus. And you might be thinking, well, who's left at this point to join the NACS Coalition? Who is it this week? And it is, in my opinion, the second to last, the penultimate, if you will, big domino to fall, that being the Volkswagen Group. They will be onboarded to NACS in 2025. That means Volkswagen, Porsche, and Audi will all sign on. And I will say, a Porsche Taycan with a Tesla charging port on it that can plug directly into the superchargers, that sounds delightful. That sounds like a, a, a dream come true for a lot of folks out there. I've always wanted to drive that car. I've never driven any Porsche ever, their reputation precedes them as these amazing driver's cars. Someday I'd like to drive a Taycan. Someday I'll make it happen. Anyway, uh, as far as the Volkswagen group joining the NACS coalition, here's a quote from Tesla's senior director of charging, Rebecca Tanucci. She says, quote, earlier this year, the North American charging standard was just an idea. Today, with the Volkswagen group's commitment, Almost every major automotive manufacturer is on board, rallying behind a shared vision of improving charging experiences for all EV drivers. This is only the beginning of our industry-wide efforts to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Now, you may have caught that I said second to last, penultimate big domino to fall. The only other big domino left standing is Stellantis, parent company of Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, as well as Fiat, Alfa Romeo, and Maserati. You all know how I feel about that company in regards to its plan for electrification. So to, to clarify again, I'm not rooting for it to fail, but to me, they are probably the most likely of the major automakers to not be around anymore in about 20 years from now because they just don't seem to be taking electrification seriously and them being the last holdout for NACS only kind of reinforces that belief of mine. I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope they get serious. I hope they sign on to NACS and start showing actual production intent EVs. But anyway, aside from Stellantis, there are just a few stragglers remaining the most notable of which I would argue is Mazda, who, like Stellantis, quite frankly, also seems to have no real serious EV plan to speak of. Now, I made this the subject of this week's Patreon poll. I asked you simply, what non-Tesla EV brand would you be most likely to buy? Again, in the wake of all these automakers now signing on to NACS. I'm grateful to Patreon, by the way, for enabling what feels like maybe unlimited number of poll choices, because there were, I don't know, I, I've lost count, but there's probably 20 choices on this poll, and I was able to continue adding them, 
which uh, which is always great. So with that in mind, the votes were not really that much across the board for all the, I mean, I had, I'm not going to list them all. I had a ton of automakers on here. I tried to list all the major automakers. 42% of you voted Rivian. Now, again, the thought exercise here was besides Tesla, because certainly, as I, as I said in the intro to the poll, I have no intention of buying any non-Tesla vehicle for the foreseeable future. Cybertruck is the next thing for me as soon as I can get my hands on one, and I am dying to get my hands on a foundation series. But like an idiot, I did not put in a reservation on day one, so we'll see how long it takes. Anyway, Rivian claiming 42% of the vote, and there were a lot of votes in this one, 226 votes, a nice sample size uh, of the Ride the Lightning audience. Because the next closest one after that was Hyundai at 11%. So Rivian, uh, which probably not a coincidence, is the most Tesla-like of all of these other companies that have signed on to NACS. So congrats to Rivian, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and well, seriously, congrats to all of these companies that have signed on to NACS. All right. Uh, and again, a reminder, the Patreon poll does not require you to be backing me on Patreon. It is open to the public. Anybody can vote in it, and the poll typically goes up on Tuesday evenings. You can find it on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. The next appetizer I have for you is a fun one, and it is this. Cyber Shoes might be the next cyber-themed lifestyle product from Tesla. Why do I say this? Well, none other than Elon Musk himself was spotted wearing them. Elon spoke at a conference in Italy this past week and was photographed wearing black sneakers. Now they look, if I, you know, I've, I've kind of become something of a sneakerhead myself. Uh, they look like maybe mid tops, maybe high tops that, by the way, ironically, do have some curves on them for being cyber shoes. <laughs> but the reason I say cyber shoes is they say very clearly in white against the black shoe, the otherwise all black shoe, it says Cybertruck in the Cybertruck graffiti font on the base of the shoe, very prominently visible near the ankle. Now in this picture, it's tough to see all the details because it's a, it's a zoomed in picture. It was not, it's not an up close, like proper good photograph of the sneaker of the shoe. It's a zoomed in picture, but these shoes do look like that they're design-wise fairly clean, minimalist design, which certainly matches the Tesla aesthetic, certainly matches the Cybertruck aesthetic, and which I am totally into when it comes to sneakers. So I will absolutely try and get a pair of these if and when, and I think it's likely when, not if, they are made available to the public. In fact, I just did a lightning round mini episode on Patreon not that long ago where I laid out some ideas for more Tesla lifestyle products and a sneaker collab was one of them that I, that I listed on that podcast, on that lightning round on Patreon. So I wonder who Tesla's partner on these Cybertruck sneakers is. I mean, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's one of the major, major brands like Nike, Adidas, Puma, because there's no shoe company logo visible anywhere on the Cybertruck sneaker. Now, 
On that lightning round, I did specifically say all birds would be good. Uh, I have a number of pairs of all birds. I find them very comfortable. And they're also sustainably made. They, they use sustainable materials to make all of their shoes. And that's why I mentioned it on that lightning round. And maybe, maybe that is who Tesla's partnering up with here. Because now that I look at them again, after thinking about that, it's... They, they look like they could fit the Allbirds design aesthetic. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but Elon out there rocking a prototype pair in public. So I can't wait to find out more about them and hopefully acquire a pair at some point. Next this week, yes, we're still in the appetizers before we move on to the main course. More Cybertrucks have joined the original prototype as part of the Tesla exhibit at the Peterson Auto Museum in Los Angeles. I got a press release from the Peterson this week, which reads in part, three of the first ever built Tesla Cybertrucks are now on display at the Peterson Automotive Museum as part of the Inside Tesla Supercharging the Electric Revolution exhibit. The world's first Tesla exhibit, which opened in November of 2022, sees the addition of three new Cybertrucks, including the Cybertruck tested by a Thompson machine gun in a video shown during the much-anticipated delivery event, an early production model, and a bare frame. The production truck and frame are available for viewing in the museum's main lobby, while the bullet-riddled truck is on display in the exhibit. Quote, no vehicle in recent memory has captured the world's attention like the Cybertruck, and we are delighted to provide our guests with an up-close look at these important pieces from Tesla's history, said Peterson Automotive Museum Executive Director Terry Cargis. The quote continues, This exhibit has proven to be incredibly popular, and it is a fascinating walkthrough of how the brand became a global phenomenon. Inside Tesla, supercharging the electric revolution will be on display through March 2024. Yes, it's been extended. Uh, and I'm super glad that they extended this. I mean, I've said it a few times before, but I'll say it one more time. This is an incredible exhibit featuring a collection of Tesla history that sadly we may never see all together again in the same place from Elon's Roadster VIN number one to going back before that, the original T0 car that inspired Tesla to all the way up to, the, of course, the Cybertruck prototype and much, much more. It is a phenomenal exhibit. I talked all about it after I got to go, I guess, yeah, just over a year ago I was there. It was last December I went. So if you find yourself in Los Angeles or can get there, I promise you it is worth the trip and worth the visit to the museum. Uh, the second thing I want to say about this is I'm so glad to see these trucks being added to the exhibit. I was lucky enough to get to see the bullet riddled one up close at the Cybertruck delivery event at Giga Texas. And I can tell you it is pretty wild to see it in person. You know, the, the pictures and video certainly show you what you need to see, but actually seeing the dents in the stainless up close is pretty cool. It is also neat to see the Cybertruck frame and then the third truck, which they mention as an early production model. And it turns out it's VIN 2, VIN 002, belonging to Franz von Holzhausen 
and it is wrapped in satin black. So uh, it would be cool to be able to compare that to the original prototype, but sadly they're not next to each other. Franz's VIN 2 is in the main lobby, and the prototype is inside the museum, inside the exhibit. So maybe at some point, if anybody from the Peterson happens to be listening to this, I hope that somehow, some way, at some point in time, you put them right next to each other so you can see the evolution and all the little tweaks that happened along the way from 2019 to 2023. Okay, let's get started with the big, big story this week, which is that big-time Tesla fan Jay Leno had a design deep dive on the Cybertruck on Jay Leno's garage this past week featuring Franz von Holzhausen and Lars Moravi. So I, I want to make it explicitly clear that I so recommend you watch the entire hour-long video on this. Just search Jay Leno's Garage Cybertruck on YouTube. You'll find it pretty quickly and easily. The name of the video is Cybertruck Easter Eggs and Design. So uh, do check that out. And I've got some clips for you, though. That's, of course, it's the podcast. Of course, I have clips for you. So first up, here is Jay Leno describing his experience with the truck thus far and people's reaction to it as he has been driving it. You know, I just watch people get angry. They either hate it or they love it. And <laughs> but there's a reaction from everybody. Well, that's when I remember Bob Lutz told me when the Viper came out, he said half the people hated it, but the other half loved it. And we're not selling cars to the half that hate it. Right. You know, that, if you've got 100 people, that means 50 of them are buying it. So half, so the same thing with this. It, and Jay is absolutely right. You don't need to worry about the half that hate it. Half the people loving your product is a whole lot better than everyone thinking it's eh, just okay. Also, I think it's worth reminding ourselves as big time Tesla fans that follow this stuff closely, that for as much of a lightning rod as the Cybertruck has been, most average Americans still have not heard of this thing. And I'll give you a quick case in point. I know it's just a small sample size of one, but just as an example, my neighbor friend, a few blocks over, she's a single mom. She also has a boxer. That's how we became friends. We saw each other in the neighborhood of the boxers. Like, oh, yeah. anyway, she's great. Uh, has become an awesome, awesome friend of the family. So she, she saw a release candidate parked near her house, which I wish I'd have known because I would have walked over to see it. I guess a ten Tesla engineer must live nearby her. Anyway, she texted me later after the fact because she knows I have a Tesla and she knows I do this podcast. And she said, well, hang on. Let me actually, let me pull up the text here. Just give me a second. Okay, so she said, there's been a Tesla Cyber Roadster parked repeatedly on our block lately. Made me think of you. And that's, that's, that's what she wrote. So there are plenty of people out there left to surprise and delight with this truck, is what I'm saying. The fact that she didn't even realize it was a truck until it, she, uh, when she was over here last time. I was like, oh, that, that thing you saw, it was a truck. It wasn't a sports car. Um, but yes, there are plenty of people out there that have yet to really see this thing and really have any, uh, reaction to it at all yet because they're just not out in the world by and large yet. So 
Anyway, on to the next clip here. Here's Jay asking if the appeal of the Cybertruck is generational, which I think is a really good question. Do you find it's generational? I find people under 40 go crazy. People over 40 kind of go, what? What is that? I don't know. It kind of looks kind of Star Wars here. They just have, they're not quite sure, but it, it seems that the young demographic really seems to be drawn to this. Yeah, like kids especially. And the yeah. thing that we found is that people that would never even consider a truck right. are putting orders in and you know making reservations just because it's so unique. It's so different. But it does all the things, as you'll learn, um, that a truck needs to do. Right. And it does a lot of them a lot better. We've all seen this with Tesla in general, and I think the Cybertruck is gonna be a force multiplier in that department, meaning in the, the sort of generational divide, kids loving it thing. I've already seen it, not with a Cybertruck, but with my own car. Kids who really have no preconceived notion about what a truck is or is quote unquote supposed to be, absolutely love it. They love Teslas, they love the screen, and the you know big screen in the, the center of the car, and they are more keen to love the Cybertruck. I've seen it with uh, with the kids that I was in the school carpool with last year. Like, they loved it. And Franz is, of course, dead on about non-truck people wanting the truck. I am one of those people. I am, at this point, I'm dying to get, <laughs> I just want to be able to order a Foundation Series. I really want to replace my wife's 19-year-old gas car at this point. I'm, uh... I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth for it at this point. Anyway, um, back on point here. If you went back in time just five years ago and told me, specifically me, that I'd be ridiculously excited to buy a truck as my next vehicle, my past self would have bet anything that you were either lying or you were crazy. But here I am ready to buy a 19-foot-long stainless steel triangle, and I could not be more excited to get the opportunity to do that. And I, and as Franz said, you know, there's, I think a lot of people are in that same boat. They were just never truck people, but are super stoked about the Cybertruck. All right, uh, the next clip is about the stainless steel. And what the, the choice to go with stainless steel, was that something from the get-go? Or did that come later? You design the truck and, hey, maybe stainless steel. You know well, I mean? we were talking about how do you make a truck tough. Right. And, you know, a lot of trucks, the, the tough part is on the inside, not, not necessarily the outside. Like, right. if, you, if you look at a truck, the, the, the most precious part, or any vehicle, is the paint, in a right. way. And that doesn't really describe tough. If you're you know, driving through the weeds or the, br the brush or, and right. you're scratching your paint, that doesn't feel tough. Right. And so the epitome of toughness is stopping a bullet. Right. And you know, we looked at what materials could do that. And we, and we had to design the steel specifically so that we wouldn't split the, the steel when we bent it at the thickness that we were using. So a lot of the design comes from the material you were yeah. sure yeah. to. Okay. But it was always going to be bulletproof from day one, right? Exactly. Pretty much. We wanted to, like, again, yeah, it was like convey the, the yeah. idea of toughness. And there's nothing that feels more tough than being able really to Really taking a bullet. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, just as something of an aside, real quick here, as a longtime DeLorean owner who had to hear over and over from people how terrible a car the DeLorean was, because that was its, in my opinion, unfair reputation. Now, the reality the DeLorean did have some early production issues that pretty much any new car, especially a new car company has. 
And the fact is DeLorean Motor Company didn't last long enough to fix them, but they were good cars with reliable engines and they are still going strong 40 years later. Anyway, I do find it interesting how Tesla, a company who gets justifiably heralded for its awesome engineering prowess, happens to be the first company since DeLorean to do a couple of major DeLorean things. Number one, gullwing doors. See the gullwing adjacent Falcon wing doors on the Model X. First production car to do that. Yes, there was the AMG SLS from about 10, 12 years ago, but that was a limited run thing. There were only like 2,500 of those made, so I don't really count that. Uh, so the, the gullwing doors, and then, of course, with the Cybertruck, the stainless steel body. Now, John DeLorean himself, if you're not familiar, he was very much an engineer. And clearly he was on to something if Tesla is borrowing the DeLorean's two signature ideas 40 years later. Anyway, uh, the next clip confirms something that I've talked about on this podcast before. And does it say Tesla anywhere on it? There are no Tesla badges on Cybertruck. Really? Okay. So it really is its own kind of product. People don't know what brand. it is. Well, okay. pe 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 I think you just see it and you can. Yeah. It's, it, bec it becomes its own character. So there you go. The Cybertruck is its own brand of sorts. Now you're seeing that with all the apparel and merch on shop.tesla.com and with the lack of Tesla logos on the Cybertruck itself, certainly, as you heard Jay and Franz talk about there. All right, uh, the point being there is the Cybertruck, I think, really is going to be the start of something really big for Tesla as sort of a sub-brand. Speaking of which, speaking of big things. Were you surprised by how many people came forward to put down deposits? It was like in the millions, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, over two million deposits. Really? $100 for a deposit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because I know when McLaren built the P1, they just built 375 because we'll see if we can sell that many. And at first, people go, what? What's a P1? And then, it, well, then they realize, oh, we should have made more. Right. I mean, were you worried that this might be seen as, oh, my, is that the new Edsel? What is that? <laughs> what, you know what I'm well, saying? I mean, it is polarizing, right? So, and like you said, there, there's a love or hate feel to it. But the reservations are... are Definitely showing and like I said, we're getting people that would never in their never own a pickup truck They'd right. never even think of owning it, but because the vehicle's so unique They're, they're absolutely interested I'm, as you'll recall Elon Musk said it was over 1 million on the last earnings call back in October Though unofficial community estimates had put it above 2 million so Either it officially went over two million since Elon said over a million, or Elon was just downplaying it on the earnings call, perhaps in the back of his mind, knowing the massive production ramp that Tesla had ahead of them and didn't want to make it seem like too big of a problem. So there you go. The point being, it is official. It's over two million reservations. You know, it almost doesn't matter how many of those convert into real orders. Because now that the truck is actually out and on the roads, it is going to start advertising itself and generating more interest and thus more orders. A lot more. All right, let's talk tires up next. 
feature. Well, I was amazed at how quiet it was with these tires. I thought I'd be drumming all over. You know, you the know. Tesla tires are an engineering feat in of themselves. We, we work with our partners, in this case Goodyear, to make some of the lowest rolling resistance tires on the market, to Franz's point, on efficiency. It's got to be super efficient. But for this truck in particular, it also had to go off-road. And to your point, it's got to be quiet. So these will take you, you know, basically in the mud and do whatever you want. But on the highway, they're super quiet. Well, some interesting new information about the custom tire on the Cybertruck there. It sounds like they worked pretty closely with Goodyear. And uh, on that note, I am really curious to see what kind of tread life we're going to get out of those Goodyear all-terrain tires. How many miles will they last? We know they're not cheap at $470 a pop as listed in the Tesla parts catalog, although hopefully third-party tire stores, the, you know, America's Tire, Discount Tire, what have you, Firestone of the world, will have them for a bit cheaper. We shall see on that. All right, next up, the next clip I have for you is kind of, it's almost as if Lars heard me from an episode or two ago. Here is a direct clear explanation of wade mode from Lars Moravi. You know, from an off-road standpoint, it can raise in our fully, you know, highest mode to 17 and a half inches of ground clearance. Right. And in that mode, we have also wade mode. Wade, wade mode. mode. As in wading yeah. in water. Yeah, yeah, you know, sit in water. Um, you want to go through a river. We wanted to make sure you could do that. And um, <clears throat> you can go through about two and a half feet, a little more than two and a half feet of water without any water getting into the cabin and having to worry about that. But also, with an electric vehicle, we wanted to be super smart about that. We have this new technology called, uh, we call it the scuba pack, because we took the air suspension system, we actually pressurized the battery. You know, waters and bat- water and batteries, they don't really get along. You, right. know, you get electrolytes and they start to arc, but we wanted to keep that water out and make sure you wouldn't have to worry about that, and that's where we came up with the scuba pack. And that happens just by pressing a button on the UI, say wade mode, we'll pressurize the pack. And, and what forces the water it, out? It forces air into the pack, and all you need to keep the water out, because it is a sealed pack, is just a little bit of positive pressure, right? Just a little bit of positive pressure to keep any of those leak points or the flood ports, you know, from... Well, you from know, the white steam car, you know, I've got my 1909 yeah, yeah. white steam car. What they did back in the day to cross the river, they got a full head of steam, they taped over everything, literally went in, under, under the water, under the water, and came out the other you side. You know, people have done that with yeah. our cars. Yeah. Uh, don't recommend it, you but, you know, it's possible. It, yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what I've been hoping for. A thorough explanation straight from the horse's mouth here. I appreciate that. It is cool to know exactly what Wade Mode does and how it works. Speaking of getting more detail on something from Lars, here he is talking about the tougher windshield glass as compared to a normal car, traditional windshield. I mentioned, and you mentioned this earlier, is the glass. So this glass up here right. is the biggest piece of automotive glass, but it has to be tough too. It's a borosilicate glass, and what that does is it provides an immense amount of chip resistance. So if you do get a chip, and even though it's super tough, you know, it won't happen that often, you get what this kind of stress ring around it, and so the chip will form in the middle, you get this hoop stress ring, and that means it won't propagate. Right. Okay. And that's super great for off-road because you, you keep your visibility, and then if you do want to repair it, you just get that little you know, safe light glue and fill it in, and you will never see it. Well, with all due respect to Lars, this one's going to need to be tested in the real world. Not that I don't believe him, certainly, but the real world will yield results that Tesla simply can't test for at scale, right? The, re- the, the scale of real-world experience 
when customers start to get Cybertrucks. Hopefully none of us are gonna have to replace those $1,900 windshields very often. Although again, glass coverage. <laughs> if you're gonna have a Cybertruck, definitely worth looking into glass coverage with your, your car insurance policy. Anyway, let's get one more explanation from Lars here, this time about why the production Cybertruck doesn't have an onboard air compressor like the prototype Cybertruck did. Uh, there's no compressor to fill the tires on board, is there? So we do have a compressor on board, obviously fills the air suspension. There's about 17 liters of capacity in that. In oh, that so you can, you can, if you get a spare, you can. Well, the thing is that tire has probably about 120 liters of air in yeah, it. Right. So even though we're at you know, 300 PSI there and this is at 50, you know, the entropy that you need to take the air out of there and put it into there means you're gonna fill really slow, like 20, right. 30 minutes. So what we do is with our 240 and 110 volts in the back, we give you an off-board air compressor you put in your uh, little under storage bay in the trunk and that, that compressor oh, okay. is capable of, 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 of doing tires because it's a different, okay. you know, set speed. Well, at least they are offering an easy option for this. Now, from the way that Lars said that, he made it sound like the air compressor accessory is going to come with the Cybertruck. Although, based on Tesla history, I would, I don't know if doubt that is the right word, but maybe, maybe question that a little bit. Because in the past, Tesla has included accessories with cars, particularly early on in the, in the production life cycle of the car, and then they tend to delete those parts as time goes on. Like, for instance, my 2018 Model 3 came with the not only the mobile uh, connector kit, but also a couple of the adapters in there too. Then they got rid of the adapters, and then, as we many of us know, or you've heard on the podcast, they got rid of the mobile connectors, at least including them with the car altogether. So, um, still waiting for official confirmation then from either an, a, a Cybertruck owner or someone who's been able to inspect a delivered Cybertruck to see if an air compressor accessory does in fact come with it. Now, on the one hand, it's not currently listed in the online Tesla shop as one of the accessories you can buy. So maybe it does come with the truck then. I suppose we'll find out soon enough, again, as, as regular customers do start taking deliveries here over the next two, three, four weeks. Okay, I've got one more clip for you, and it's Franz delivering some rather significant news. Take a listen to this. How far away is the day of having a Tesla home charging car only unit, you know, for your garage? Oh, we're working on inductive charging, so you don't even need to plug something in at that point. Just pull out your garage, drive over the pad, and charge it. There you go. Wireless charging in development. We knew they were toying with it. Remember the slide that I think I talked about on the podcast from, I think it was Investor Day this past year, that, that had mentioned it. There was a, a picture, a, you know, a render of, uh, I think it was a red Model S in a garage over, you know, having driven over the top of... A, a little plate, you know, down on the ground between the wheels. So there you go. There is your confirmation from what I think we can pretty reliably call the number two person at the company, that being Franz behind Elon. Wireless charging, man, that could be a huge factor for the next generation of Tesla's growth with this generation three car. Because if shopping centers could be fitted with these, public parking spaces could be fitted with these, just all kinds of places, if these things roll out 
in in mass, like in a in a real way, it could really help the EV movement reach the absolute no doubt about it, no range anxiety mass market of people that that are still kind of worried about, oh, where am I going to charge it? It also could solve the uh, apartment dweller issue potentially as well with EVs. So there's there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot that's that could potentially come out of an inductive wireless charging system from Tesla. So we'll we'll keep our eye out and ear out for more information about that in the coming probably, you know, year or two here. So again, that's the that's the last clip I have for you. I know that was 10 clips. That was a lot, but they were all pretty short clips. There is a lot more in the full video. It was a great, great video. Hats off to Jay Leno. Uh, Franz and Lars took Jay off-roading. They talked about the base camp tent accessory and how it self-inflates in under five minutes. They actually have footage of that as well. So there's a lot of stuff. It's an hour-long video. I definitely think it's worth watching the whole thing. So again, check it out on YouTube when you get a chance. By the way, speaking of wireless charging, the city of Detroit, Michigan is touting the first wireless charging public road for EVs in the U.S., I saw this story on the Detroit Free Press, although I only saw it, thanks to listener Mark for sending this in to me. And it reads as such in the Detroit Free Press, a blue electric Ford e-transit commercial van was able to charge as it moved over a quarter mile stretch of newly paved 14th Street, a short distance from the towering Michigan Central Station, thanks to rubber-coated copper coils buried underneath the road surface. A large video screen set up for the occasion outside New Lab, the rehabilitated book depository, showed the kilowatts generated and the speed as the van made its passes on the street. Those numbers would fluctuate as the van moved along, 16 kilowatts and 9 miles per hour at one point, with the van at a 63% charge. Quote, It may seem small now, but it's a huge step, end quote, in getting to this scale said Joshua Surfman, or Serifman, pardon me, CEO of Michigan Central, the Ford subsidiary running a, quote, mobility innovation district in Corktown. This was uh, just prior to the demonstration. He says, the implications are truly staggering. Joshua added, and then the Detroit Free Press continues, not just any electric vehicle can pick up a charge just yet on 14th Street. The van was equipped with a special receiver to take the charge. The coils themselves are underneath the road surface, but a small section of the road was left unpaved to show how the coated coils would lie flat underneath. Two large boxes were positioned on the sidewalk to manage the coils. The Michigan Department of Transportation is working with Israel's Electrion, one of the member companies at New Lab, and numerous partners to build what will eventually be a mile of inductive charging roadway, including a larger piece on Michigan Avenue. Construction there is slated for 2025. Electrion already has projects in the works in numerous other countries, including Sweden, Germany, France, Italy, Norway, China, and Israel. So thank you again, to Mark for sending that over to me and to the Detroit Free Press. You know, this may not be a, the long-term solution, potentially. I don't know. What, I guess it remains to be seen uh, how efficient that you can get in the inductive charging. Because, you know, and, and also the fact, as, as the story noted there, 
cars would need hardware in them to make it work. And again, those charging speeds are gonna have to get a heck of a lot better, which certainly will happen over time. But as I talked about, when Franz talked about Tesla developing their version of it, maybe it could be useful for low speed city vehicles, things like maybe US mail delivery vehicles, other city government vehicles, stuff like that. But I did think this was pretty cool. It is just neat to me that there's actually a functioning prototype of this. So I wanted to share it with all of you. Finally this week, the first Tesla showroom in Connecticut has opened up, sidestepping the state's direct sales ban. I saw this story on Teslarati who writes, Connecticut has a firm stance against automakers selling electric vehicles directly to consumers and has fought hard to keep Tesla from establishing a showroom in the state. Tesla found a loophole in the state's laws by building a showroom on tribal land. Quote, we're really excited about this new Tesla EV showroom opening this fall at Mohegan Sun. This endeavor with Tesla marks an electrifying milestone in Mohegan Sun's commitment to fostering impactful relationships, promoting environmental sustainability, and offering cutting-edge experiences for our millions of annual guests, each of which are core goals of Mohegan Sun and the Mohegan Tribe, said Jeff Hamilton, the president and general manager of Mohegan Sun, when it was initially announced. Tesla's showroom in Connecticut faced opposition, of course, from dealerships over the past few months. The, of course, crowbarred in by me there, but uh, I think you'll forgive that little bit of stream of consciousness editorializing. Dealerships believe that Tesla was evading the state law. However, Governor Ned Lamont supported the deal with the Mohegan tribe, saying, quote, I think it's within Mohegan Sun's right to do it. They are a sovereign nation, the, go the governor said. There you go. Good for Tesla, of course. Of course, it's good for Tesla, good for the Mohegan Sun tribe, and good for Tesla customers in the state of Connecticut. Literally, the only people this is bad for is actually no one. It's not bad for anyone. The car dealers of Connecticut probably think it's bad for them, but let's think about it for a second. Is it really? Is this actively harming their ability to make a living? I would argue, no, it certainly is not. The dealers are just trying to protect their monopoly. This is a losing battle for legacy auto dealers, in my humble opinion, but I certainly get why they're going to fight tooth and nail to maintain the status quo for as long as they possibly can. It is in their financial interest to do so, but very smart solution here. Again, kudos all around to the Mohegan Sun tribe and to Tesla here and Tesla customers, all of you who may be in Connecticut will benefit from it. All right, that is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news this week. Again, it was another busy one. I've got some Ride the Lightning hotline calls coming up in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you about my friends at Accelerate Auto and their X-Care extended warranty coverage for your Tesla. I actually got to see one of the folks from X-Care, from Accelerate Auto, I should say, at the Tesla Owners Silicon Valley Holiday Toy Drive event that I went to last weekend, which I'll talk a little bit more about a little later in the podcast when we get to my little Spirit of Adventure section of the show near the end. But uh, Milad is, is uh, one of the gentlemen 
that that founded, co-founded Accelerate Auto, and he was there, and it was nice to see him again. And he mentioned to me, I was asking him, oh, how's like how is it going with with the newer battery and drivetrain coverage that, that you guys are now offering? And he was saying, yeah, it's like people have been wanting that for a while. And he told me something that I wasn't aware of, so I wanted to pass it along, and that is he said you can just get that if you want it. It's not I was kind of thinking of it as an addition to a regular X-Care extended warranty policy, but no, if if your factory warranty is up on your Tesla and you plan to keep it for a while, but you only want to pay for extended warranty coverage on the battery and drivetrain and not really worry about the rest of the car, you can do that with X-Care. So I thought that was an interesting piece worth passing along. You don't have to get a policy that you then add on the battery and drivetrain coverage to if you want it. You can just get your battery and drivetrain and extended warranty. So there is a $100 discount for listeners of this podcast. All you have to do is use the discount code lightning and the website to go to is accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. All right, be right back with the Ride the Lightning Hotline right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Hello again. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is your chance to be featured on the podcast. I welcome and invite your calls. There are two easy ways to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number that you can dial anytime, day or night, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up this week as Zelina is, what are you, just sneezing over there? What's going on? I'm not sure what's going on back there. Anyway, John from Colorado is first up. Hey, Ryan, John from Colorado. Hey, regarding the paint protection, the clear paint protection film on the Cybertruck, weren't you saying that stainless steel shows a lot of fingerprints? Maybe that'll stop the fingerprints but five thousand dollars for stopping fingerprints seems like a lot well yeah fair points all around there john i would argue that doing a clear satin ppf wrap from tesla on your cybertruck which again as i went over on the cybertruck delivery episode from what two or three weeks back that it's a five thousand dollar solution to a five dollar problem as i've mentioned before all you got to do to to Minimize the fingerprints on your Cybertruck. Keep a small bottle of Windex, or really it could even just be a little tiny spray bottle of water in your Cybertruck's either glove box or center console or 
the storage area under the beds. Anyway, there's plenty of storage in the Cybertruck. The frunk, put it somewhere along with a microfiber cloth. Break those out anytime you get any fingerprints, just give it a spritz, give it a wipe with the microfiber cloth, and you will be able to very quickly and very easily get rid of any fingerprints. I would very politely urge anyone to not spend $5,000 on clear paint protection film for a Cybertruck. If you're going to wrap your truck, well, personalize it somehow. You know, so either you're doing a color, you're doing, you know, just cl- clear, regular clear PPF is, pr- I don't think you're going to get your money's worth out of that because there's there's no paint to protect. It's paint protection film, not stainless steel protection film because the stainless isn't going to chip. Like if, if a little rock hits the stainless, it doesn't matter. It's not going to, cause a discoloration or anything else with the uh, with the truck. So those are my two cents on the matter anyway. Now, Brian from Austin, I will say, also called in about this, and he noted that, well, if you do a, a wrap, a, a, even a clear wrap, it will differentiate the look by giving it more of a matte finish. Now, he's referring specifically to that satin black clear wrap that Tesla is offering directly. So, yes, uh, I, I will, I will give you that. Also, I'll crowbar, I'm crowbarring Brian's question in here without playing his call. So he asked, why would Tesla do PPF at all, even the color changing kinds, when the HFS is so strong? And the answer I think is because PPF lasts about twice as long as a vinyl wrap. That's, that was sort of the gist of his question. Why, why PPF versus a vinyl wrap and it's it's the longevity would be my my best guess on that. I just don't think Tesla wants to do vinyl wraps for customers because they simply aren't going to last that long. It's going to be 3 to 5 years when that wrap is peeling off, it's going to need to come off, be redone. Now, paint protection film, you know, even color change or clear, whatever whichever kind but proper PPF, because it is a different material than the vinyl wrap, PPF, when properly cared for, should last a decade plus. I'm five and a half in years into the PPF on my Model 3, as an example, and it still looks awesome. So I hope that helps. John, Brian, everybody out there, thank you so much. Let me do a couple more calls this week. Here's Trent from North Georgia. Hi, Ryan. Love your podcast. I've been listening religiously for many, many years. I just wanted to refer to the windshield wiper question on episode 437 about the Cybertruck wiper lasting for two years. Um, Wipers, like tires, come in different uh, mileage ranges, I guess you could say. They uh, have the cheap ones, which only last a few months, and then you have the better ones that last quite a while, and then you have the really high-end ones that will last several years. Um, I'm sure the Cybertruck wiper is probably one of the higher-end synthetic wipers. They are excellent wipers, give you years of service, and do a fantastic job of keeping your windshield clear. I highly recommend them. But uh, in answer to your question as to whether they should last six months or two years, that's why when you go to the tire shop, they're going to put the cheapest wipers they can on there because that gives them the most profit and also 
gets you back in the door very quickly. Anyway, thank you for the wonderful podcast you should keep bringing us. We really appreciate them very much, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for that, Trent. I think the tire analogy absolutely fits here. I have bought the OEM wipers from Tesla for my Model 3 every two years, and I've not experienced a problem, any sort of you know dragging or typical wear and tear that you see on, uh, on wipers yet. So hopefully Tesla's OEM ones are the good quality kind. I mean, I suppose it does help that my car is garaged because it does certainly stand to reason that if the car is outside in the sun and in the elements all the time, those rubber wiper blades might not last as long. So Trent, I appreciate the explanation. Thank you very much for calling in. I've got time for one more call this week. It is from Mark in Truckee, California. Hi, Ryan. This is Mark from Truckee, California. Happy holidays to all the listeners and yourself. I'm calling with an enhancement for the Model Y liftgate. If people don't know, you can stop the liftgate and then hold the button in, and it'll memorize how high to lift the tailgate or liftgate so it won't hit your garage door when in the garage. My enhancement, Ryan, would be to have that uh, work based on your location. So if you're in the garage and you program it, it will only go up so far. But then when you go to the gra- uh, grocery store, it'll fully open. They do this with the mirrors by location. Why not do it with the lift gate? Love the show. Happy New Year, Ryan. Goodbye. Hey, Mark. Thanks for calling in and happy holidays. Happy New Year to you as well. I think this is an excellent idea that would benefit a lot of Tesla owners out there. Of course, there's yourself and your fellow Model Y owners. The Y, I obviously recognize being Tesla's highest volume car, as we all know. But the S and X also have the same thing. So it would be a welcome feature for all of those folks as well. Let's get this out into the ether now and hope that Tesla is listening. Cheers, Mark. Thanks so much. Thanks to everybody that kindly took the time to call in. I promise I will get to more of your phone calls on next week's podcast. And if you'd like to call in, either responding to another caller, responding to something I said, responding to something you heard from Franz and Lars in the clips from the Jay Leno thing, feel free to call in. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of this segment. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. If you're curious what's going on with me and my Tesla, as I touched on a little earlier in the podcast, last weekend I was at the Tesla Owners of Silicon Valley Club Holiday Toy Drive at a fire station in Palo Alto. Maybe coincidentally, almost directly across the street from Tesla's engineering headquarters. And I had a great time. There were so many wonderfully decorated frunks full of toys, full of Christmas decorations. There was a Cybertruck there, as I mentioned uh, on last weekend's podcast that that was going to be there. It was, and it happened to be the very same one that Elon brought to the Joe Rogan podcast most recently, and Joe shot with a steel-tipped arrow. And there, there was a ding there. It didn't completely bounce off the stainless, 
but it also didn't go through. It was uh, not didn't go as far as the bullets, the, the, the bullet rounds that Tesla shot at it, but it did make a, a little divot there. But yeah, it took a it took a, a serious arrow to the to the uh, right rear door and held up just fine. I've got hold on. I've got two puppies scratching at the door to my office wanting to get in after they had they'd gone out. So, all right. Hopefully they will not cause a big distraction here as I'm trying to get this podcast finished up. All righty. Uh, but yeah, no, I had a great time. Thank you to the uh, own, the the facilitators, Kelvin, John, the whole crew at, at the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley Club. Uh, great event. And the weather, boy, the weather really turned out for us. It initially was supposed to rain. It ended up being in the like low to mid 60s. It was sunny and actually warm. It was absolutely incredible. The, uh, the weather gods, the, the Tesla gods were smiling down upon us, giving us good weather. Um, so that was that was fun. And again, if you have a Tesla owner's club where you live, I highly recommend checking out an event sometime. You know, you don't have to go to every event necessarily, but just check it out sometime. I, I think you'll find that you have a good time chatting with other Tesla owners, other enthusiasts. All righty. Uh, how about an entertainment recommendation for you? I'm going to mention a show that I've mentioned before, but it's the very last episode, and it's kind of its own sort of one-off. It's it's uh, at least in the in the Hulu app, it is. So that show is Archer, which is an adult animated comedy that uh, about a bumbling spy who's just ridiculously overconfident. It's it's so good. I, I'm I'm a big fan of it. It's been going now for 14 years. I don't quite remember where in that in that timeline that I found it and, and became a fan of it. But I've certainly been watching it for a while as Daisy shakes off next to me on the couch. But the finale is up now on FXX. And then, like I said, I'm watching it on Hulu. You know, if you just select the season drop-down menu, it's it's the, the very last one after season 14 called Into the Cold. So as I, it's, it's a little sad to say farewell to a show that I've enjoyed for so many years, but, uh, Hey, 14 awesome seasons of, of fun television. Anyway, pro tip of the week time. Here's Bill from Switzerland. Hey Ryan, this is Bill from Switzerland. As the temperatures are getting colder, I wanted to reach out to my fellow Tesla drivers with older model S and X that have the ability to switch on range mode. Now, range mode makes for a more efficient driving as it shuts off the battery heating and also cuts down the energy consumption of the cabin heating. For that reason, I used to drive around mainly in range mode and would only switch it off when I was planning to hit a supercharger on my way. A few days ago, however, I read a very interesting article from a battery expert where he was explaining that, chemically speaking, both charging and discharging are actually the same thing for a battery. So if you, like me, do enjoy a decent acceleration every now and then, the battery should really be in its preferred temperature range. Otherwise, it will have a detrimental effect on the longevity of your battery. So as a consequence, the experts strongly suggest to use range mode only in exceptional situations and not on a regular basis. So I hope this helps some of your listeners to keep their battery in shape for a longer time. Take care, Ryan. Cheers. Bye-bye. 
Bill, thank you for that excellent tip for the many owners of the classic S's and X's out there. First, it's good to let them know that range mode exists just in case that might be a new bit of information for anyone. I suspect for the original owners of those cars, they probably were already familiar with that. But if you happen to be a new owner of a classic SRX, you might not have known about that. So thank you, Bill, for passing that along. And then second, yes, it is good to know that it's best used only when needed rather than as the default state of the car, tempting though it may be to use it regularly in order to maximize the range of those older, shorter range battery packs. Bill, thank you again. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, you can send it in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls. And I gave you the instructions for that a little earlier in the podcast. Alrighty, before I hit the road, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that it is my hope that they'll be of use to you sooner or later. I'll start with abstractocean.com. They've got all kinds of great aftermarket Tesla accessories. The tempered glass custom fit screen protectors for your center screen that use Gorilla Glass. They've got the rear footwell lighting kit, which I think is great for the Model Y. They've got uh, various wraps, little wraps for the center console. If like me, you've got an older Model 3 or Model Y that has the older style center console that's the piano black gloss finish that's very prone to fingerprints and scratches and you wanna maybe just put something over that, which I have done in my car with a, a satin, clear satin PPF piece of wrap, a uh, piece of film on that center console. They've got all that stuff and a whole lot more at abstractocean.com. If you're gonna check it out, be sure to use the 15% off discount for new customers by using the coupon code RTL Podcast when you get to check out that's RTL Podcast, all one word, no space in there. Snap Plate and the new Snap Plate Plus available for Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and now Model S as well. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. And don't forget the coupon code RTL for a nice discount. Thank you very much to the Every Amp folks for kindly offering a discount to the Ride the Lightning audience. The snap plates, either one, the, the regular one or the plus, they snap on and off in seconds, but when they're on, they're on there nice and securely. It's paint safe, grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe, and it blends really nicely with the Tesla front end when it's installed. And if you wanna remove it for whatever reason, it leaves no unsightly hardware behind. Make those fix-it tickets go away for those of you who, like me, hate having to use a front license plate. So get yours at everyamp.com RTL. The regular snap plate and the stronger snap plate plus. It's strength optimized. All right, moving along here, budgetsafesolar.com. A reminder that I would recommend you keep them on your short list of solar providers as you do your research. Certainly you're gonna look at more than one provider. You're probably gonna start with Tesla Solar, I did. And if for whatever reason it doesn't work out there or which with, uh, with one of the other ones and you end up wanting to go with Budget Safe Solar, they should take good care of you. They did for me. Uh, they now offer a very nice option, which is 
home battery storage. So you can get a Powerwall with your system now. Uh, check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. Use the referral code RTL if you do end up proceeding with an installation for your home or business. Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com is the website there. The Yelp page, if you'd like to check that out, is yelp.com slash immaculate reflections. The Instagram username, if you'd like to check out the Immaculate Reflections Instagram, which I do recommend. There's pictures of some beautiful cars on there and they are made more beautiful when they get finished up at Immaculate Reflections. The username on there is immaculate underscore reflections on Instagram. But don't forget if the discount for any Ride the Lightning listener for any service that you were to book. So whether you're doing paint protection film on some or all of the car, ceramic coating, and or paint correction, you can get in touch via the website irdetailing.com. Mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener. And again, this is, of course, if you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I promise you, Immaculate Reflections will take excellent care of you and your car. PureTesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. Don't forget, they have free shipping anywhere in the U.S. That's a nice little bonus. So it's just 69 bucks for the 256 gigabyte kit, or honestly, you'd be just fine with the $49 128 gigabyte kit as well. PureTesla.com slash RTL is the website to go to. They do also offer wireless game controller kits for your Tesla as well, if that's of interest. So check them out, PureTesla.com slash RTL. Let me one more time mention my Patreon. I briefly mentioned it at the top of the podcast, but patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That is where you can go if you'd like to support my efforts here with Ride the Lightning. As always, this podcast is free. It will continue to always be free. But uh, if you feel like you get a lot out of it every week, you enjoy listening to it, you find it informative, useful, maybe even entertaining, my hope is that At some point, and hey, it's the holiday season, so maybe now's a great time, you can choose to support me on Patreon. Again, the website is patreon.com slash Podcast. There are many different support tiers, but the base one is just five bucks a month. For just five dollars a month, you can be supporting this podcast, and I will give you a thank you gift in return for that, which is early access to each week's episode. If you step up to that most popular tier, that $10 per month tier that I call the ludicrous tier, that will get you the early access each week and access to all past, present, and future, so long as you're backing, episodes of The Lightning Round, those mini episodes that I do every single week on Patreon. So again, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. And no matter how you're listening to this podcast, you can subscribe to it, which is free, through most of the major podcast services. Statistically, most of you listen to this through Apple Podcasts, which courtesy of the new holiday software update, you can now listen to Apple Podcasts directly, natively in your car, which is great news for me because it makes this podcast easier to access easier to listen to directly 
in your Tesla without having to make sure, you know, Bluetooth it off your phone or any of that stuff. So Apple Podcasts, I'm also on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, actually, sorry, Stitcher's gone. I got to cross that off. In fact, I'm going to delete that from my notes now. Don't want to accidentally read that one anymore. I'm on TuneIn. I'm also on Spotify and then YouTube Podcasts. The best way to find me on YouTube is to search Ride the Lightning Tesla and you should find my channel pretty easily there. If you need a referral link when you're buying your Tesla, uh, try to find someone else's. I'll, I'll just mention that up top. Hopefully you've got a friend, family member, coworker, etc., whose code you can use so that they get a nice perk. You know, the loot box points that can be either saved up towards something or cashed in for Tesla merch or uh, supercharging miles or things like that. But if you just need one, if I am the Tesla person in your life as of now, that's okay. You can use my referral link, which is, and to use it, this is how you use it. Just in your web browser, type ts.la slash Ryan73014. Type that in, hit enter, and you'll be taken to the Tesla design studio where you choose which of the Teslas you'd like to purchase. You will configure that car, and when you place the order, that order will be made with those referral points, those referral bonuses baked in. So right now it's the six free months of unlimited supercharging. You can follow me on X and or on Instagram. I have the same username on both, and that username is DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime. My podcast email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I think that'll bring us right to the end where I say hello and thank you to the top tier, the most generous folks on the Patreon. As part of their thank you, they get shouted out each and every week. I will start with the Maximum Plaid backers. Big thanks goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, contact1callcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalin, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Next up, the grandfathered-in plaid tier supporters, who are George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, 
Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Finally, an extra big shout out and thank you to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, who I want to send a special congratulations out. She has been wanting and saving for her Tesla for a long time. She's had her eye on the Cybertruck. She has just taken delivery of a new Model 3. I'm so excited for her. Uh, we talk every month because that is the perk, the extra perk that's at the Roadster in Space tier is a one-on-one -on -one call with me that, that those folks can elect to take uh, once a month. And it is, uh, I'm just so happy for her. That is, it is just awesome. I can't wait to hear about, about uh, her Model 3 delivery experience. Thanks as well to Carol Weston, Robert from Near Philly, and Kristen Rumble. You know, a lot of the names that I just read off across all three of those upper Patreon tiers, a lot of those folks have reached out to let me know that they have placed their order for their Foundation Series Cybertruck. So excited for all of you. I know, I don't know whether it's going to be the next monthly Patreon Zoom hangout, which is for the maximum plaid tier and higher, that someone on the call is going to have taken delivery of a Cybertruck. If it's not by the January hangout, which is probably going to be the first weekend in January. In fact, let me take a look here. Uh, yeah, because that's the 6th. Everybody will be pretty back to normal probably by then. So d January 6th, most likely. So if, it, if, if someone on the call hasn't gotten a Cybertruck by then, I'll bet it will have happened by the February call that, again, we'll aim to do the first weekend, the first Saturday of February. So that's going to be exciting for everybody on the call, I suspect, not just me. But those calls are always super fun. And thank you so much to everybody kindly supporting me at every tier of the Patreon because, honestly, that is what keeps this thing going. Without your generosity, without your kindness, I would not be able to keep doing this podcast. So thank you all on Patreon so, so much. I do genuinely appreciate it. It is the, you know, it's, it's the year to, time of year to, to give extra thanks for, for the, the blessings, the things that, that, are, that you've got in your life that are good. And I am grateful for the generosity, kindness, uh, and just a, a attention and time of all of you who kindly listen to this thing each and every week. I'm so happy to do this podcast for you each and every week. And that brings us to the end of this one. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 438. Next week, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't started my notes yet. Uh, I'm, I'm not that <laughs> ahead of the game. We got, as I record this, I got to get ready for, for the, the holiday weekend. We do a, a Christmas Eve dinner with my in-laws a little south of here and it's going to be, hopefully it's going to be a super fun weekend. Hopefully I, all of you have a great weekend with your loved ones and friends as well. But next week's episode, which will officially release on December 31st, I will do my annual Tesla predictions for each car. I know, I think for the last couple of years, I've done sexy cars, S3, XY, Cybertruck, I think I said something about the ATV last year, next-gen Roadster, and S for semi, uh, as, as the S in cars. 
So we'll see. I'm going to think about the best format for it, if that still makes sense for this one. But I'll make my predictions and I will grade myself from last year. We'll see how well or how poorly my predictions were, how, how well I did or not from this past year. Anyway, that's it. Merry Christmas to all of you celebrating. Happy New Year, because that's why, well, I mean, I'll say that again next week on next week's show. But uh, I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Happy electric motoring. And I will be back with you in one week's time. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.